dangerous. It's dangerous. Everybody come to the breakfast club. I call this the hot seat. <laughs> Yo, wow. Yo, wow. Can I live? You are out of control. I can't even deal with you. Y'all are so petty. Why are y'all so petty? The world's most dangerous morning show. DJ Envy. Captain of this bitch. Angela Yee. I stay in everybody's business, but in a good way. Charlemagne the God. The ruler of rubbing you the wrong way. The Breakfast Club. Made for everybody. Yo 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 Good morning, Angela Yee. Good morning, DJ MB. Charlemagne the God. Peace to the planet. It's Monday. What's happening? And good morning, Toronto. Okay. Yes, it's Monday. Good morning, everybody. Beginning of the work week. How y'all feeling? I feel pretty good. It's an active weekend. Um, I went to a, a march in Brooklyn for kids. Black Kids Matter. Mm-hmm. Nice and it was right near my house. Okay. I want to say I'm blessed, black, and highly favored, which I am. But uh, you I'm are. somewhere. Uh, I'm somewhere between O and K. Yeah. It's been okay. A, it's a rough. It's a rough little weekend. O and a half. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, it was a rough little weekend. All right. All righty, guys. Well. It was a nice some, weekend. Somewhere between O and K. O and K. All right. It, it, was, a, it was a beautiful yeah. weekend here. Um, I didn't do much. I haven't been doing much there, you know, any weekend. So me not doing much is not a surprise, but it's okay. Yeah. yeah and and, oh, and, and I, it looks like we're about to be back driven in the house because I'm looking at uh, the way coronavirus is spiking back up yes. all throughout the country. <laughs> so it looks, yeah. like, it looks like we're going to be back driven, driven right back in the house soon. It's definitely spiked in a couple the, of places. I, 19, 19 states, but I doubt they'll. Uh, I doubt they'll shut the country down again. They just gonna nah. dug it out this time. Yeah, no. Nah, I, I think they. You know, they're looking at it like, look, people need to work, people need to pay for their mortgage, yep. people need to get food. So it's like, yep. look, what 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 we gonna do? You know, they, I, I think they're gonna stop a lot of the stuff that they. I think they were gonna do like a lot of the uh, the nightclub venues, a lot of the beaches. They're gonna shut that down a whole lot. But we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah, and I don't think people people are adjusting to the new normal. Like, I don't see, I mean, I'm not out, but I don't see people wearing masks. I don't see people. No, I didn't see that Social distancing. I don't see nobody practicing the new normal at all. Yeah, well. In New York City, they said they got 25,000 complaints of businesses not following the rules they're supposed to follow. Especially, they said the Hamptons and Manhattan had the most. So, Cuomo is threatening to shut it down here. Yeah, in New Jersey, they're opening, they're opening uh, outdoor dining starts today. So outdoor dining, and you can actually go into stores to purchase things today. So we'll see how that works and, for Jersey. And I wonder if the cases are spiking because people aren't social distancing or because um, um, they're doing more testing. I wonder. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I wonder if, if that's the reason. I Actually, I'm doing um, some free COVID-19 drive-through testing uh, this Friday and Saturday at Benedict College, Charles W. Johnson Stadium in Columbia, South Carolina. So I have a, you know, a essential supplies there for people like the face mask and the hand sanitizer and the scope and, you know, uh, reading materials and a whole lot of stuff. But Benedict College, Charles W. Johnson Stadium this Friday and Saturday, you can pull up and do drive-through testing uh, courtesy of your boy. Salute yeah. to Hot 1039 in Columbia, South Carolina. And the big DM for holding it down for me. Yeah, like I'm, like I said, I'm going out and about in stores now. When I go grocery shopping, I see hand sanitizer now. I see masks now. I see everything. Water, paper towel, 
you name it. They they got it. Toilet paper is is out there now. Mm-hmm. All right, well, let's get the show cracking. Front page news. What are we talking about? Well, we'll discuss all the events that happened in Atlanta after Rayshard Brooks was killed by a police officer on Friday. All right, we'll get into that next. And uh, I believe Soledad O'Brien will be joining us this morning, right? Hey. Right? Yeah? Okay. All right, so we'll like kick it with Soledad, Soledad as well. And, you know, I'm moving, so, you know, this is how crazy Gia is. Gia, she don't want nobody in the house. So it's not even like we could have movers. So we've been packing everything and moving everything ourselves. She's like, I don't want nobody in the house. I just look, I, I'm like, I, I, I get it. I understand. But that just means me and Logan going to be moving things like a mother boy. So you're going to be moving the furniture too? We're going to be moving everything. She does, the she's TVs, like, oh, you're going to take one. those down yourself? Sheesh. What well, well, TVs you know, going to stay the number the one most stressful thing? Moving? The number one most stressful thing? Yes, moving is the Absolutely. number one most stressful thing. Somebody can do it. I'm talking about this is a, a fact. Oh, this I know. Documented. Number I'm one most it. stressful thing is moving. I'm living it, especially when you live with a hoarder. Like, Gia thinks she needs everything. Like, she does not want to get rid of anything. She has baby clothes. She has baby shoes, baby, like, all types of things. I'm, she has my yep. jerseys, bro. We, you know when I used to wear the 5X jerseys? She has the jerseys. I'm like, well, I'm like, what you give away? She's like, no. <laughs> no, you never know. Yep. <laughs> never know what? It was, it was, it was a survey of 2,000 people done, and 6 out of 10 people cited moving as the most stressful event with divorce or breakup coming in second. Great. That was according to Bustle.com. Yeah. I thought it said Bussy at first. It was bustle. <laughs> Bustle.com. <laughs> All right. Front page news next. Bussy.com, Charlamagne. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ MV, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. Let's get in some front page news. Where are we starting, Yee? Well, let's start in Atlanta with Rayshard Brooks. He had a fatal encounter with police officers. An employee at a Wendy's in Atlanta phoned the authorities. They said somebody had fallen asleep in their car in the restaurant's drive through lane. And at first, it looked like things were going to be friendly. They do have recorded on the officer's body camera and a surveillance camera what the encounter sounded like with police officers as Rayshard Brooks was cooperating with the sobriety test and also talking about his daughter's birthday. Here is some of that. Will you take a preliminary breath test for me? I can walk home. My sister's house is right here. Do you think that you'd be in violation of something if, we, if, if you were to drive your vehicle? You know, if that's less possible for me to park here, lock the car up, and do everything that I need to do within the presence of you guys, I can just go home. I have my daughter's there right now. My three, my daughter's birthday was yesterday. All right. Will you take a preliminary breath test for me? I don't want to refuse anything. I, it's yes or no. It's completely up to you. Yes, I will. Okay. Sure. All right. I think you've had too much to drink to be driving. Put your hands behind your back for me. Here, put your hands behind your back. When they did try to arrest him, that's when Rayshard Brooks struggled and he broke free. And there was a bystander's video that showed that he did appear to have a police taser in his hand. So he was running and he possibly aimed the taser at the pursuing officers. That's when one of them fired his gun. The officer that fired the gun was Officer Garrett Rolfe. He has since been fired. And the other officer, Devin Brazen, is on administrative duty right now. Now here is what Rayshard Brooks's wife, Tamika Miller, has to say. I wish that they could have had sympathy or compassion. I just feel like they didn't have to be so aggressive. He was a great father, a great husband. He believed in peace. He believed in love. He was a beautiful spirit. He loved his family. He wanted to be home with us. He promised my daughters things that I know he wanted to come through. I'm now I'm a, I feel like I'm a statistic. Like I, I'm 
stuck being a single black parent mm. and now by myself taking care of four children. It is amazing to me. It's amazing to me that police officers can be so tone deaf. The world is in an outrage because of the unnecessary killing of unarmed black people on this planet. And cops still can't help but to kill unarmed black people. It's like if you get caught cheating on your woman and you know when you're in that doghouse period, you don't cheat while you're in that doghouse period. You got to be on your best behavior. I mean, if you are trying to get your woman back. But if you don't give a F, you keep cheating. Clearly, the cops don't give a F. Well, Clearly. the Wendy's restaurant where this took place was set on fire, and now police are offering a $10,000 reward. They also published photos of what appeared to be a masked white woman who they are looking for in connection with the fire. So they said she was attempting to hide her identity. You can see it looks like a young white woman. She's wearing so a black sad, baseball man. cap, a face mask, and she's encouraging and it, and the flames. And it's a shame that that woman or whoever that is will probably end up in jail before the police officer that actually killed Absolutely. Killed this brother. So it almost feels like, you know, uh, how back in the day in the Constitution, it was the three-fifths rule where black people were just property because clearly they care about that Wendy's building and that property more than they do the body of, 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 of a black man. And uh, medical examiners ruled it a, ruled it a murder. They yes, ruled it a homicide. murder. So it's just like, I didn't want to pronounce that word because I haven't pronounced it right ever in my life. Never. But it's just like, when, when you, I, I don't get it. Like when a police officer, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't get it either. With everything going on in the world, like wouldn't you be like, you know what? Let's 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 look at what's going on. The man has a taser. Yeah. He doesn't have a gun, and the taser is bright as yellow. So it's not like it, it was a mistake. It's not like oh well, no, he doesn't. And figure it out. You got his car right there. So even if he gets away on foot, and still yeah, that's the thing. Lights play, even go, if he go gets away, later. He, he told you where he lives. He said he just lived right up the block. Exactly. You lost you the know, foot race. Really so sad, what? Sad. It was his daughter. She was supposed to. He was supposed to be taking her roller skating for her birthday. They said she was dressed and ready to go Saturday morning, waiting for her dad come to come on, get her. Come on, man. Come on, man. I, I, it, it, it just it just really baffles my mind that at a time like this, when people are burning things down, when people are upset, when people are enraged, that doesn't even make police officers think twice. Right. Like, come on, bro. Come on. All right. Well, that is front page news. Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, hit us up right now. Call us up. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. This is your time to get it off your chest, whether you're mad or blessed. So you better have the same energy. We want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. Hello, who's this? Queen God, DJ Envy. This Fred from Milwaukee, Wisconsin, checking in with you. What's happening? Where you been, Fred? What's happening, King? Hey, Fred. Uh... Hey, how y'all doing? I'm just working, staying blessed. Y'all are just trying to stay out the way. They, we got to stand on their neck, but we got to try to stay out their way. They rough out here on us. They've been rough, but it's, it's, it's rough. Alrighty, I don't want to stand on, on nobody's neck, I don't, and I don't want them to stand on ours either. I'll take a knee on it. Well, I'm just saying, you know, they handling us rough. We got to do something, brother, you know. So I guess for mm -hmm. me, the best thing for me to do is just kind of keep working and stay prayed up and stay in the house and kind of stay out their way. That's right. Okay. Sheesh. But, All right, yes, I love y'all. I hope y'all... Stay safe, y'all. Family, stay safe and just stay prayed up. It's, it's rough out here for us, brother. And hopefully, we keep praying and hopefully one day God will step in and uh, hopefully we just keep fighting the fight, brother. That's all, all I right. can right. right. stepping in right we'll, now. We'll pray for you and yours as well. All right, Fred. Right. Okay, love y'all. Y'all take it easy. All righty, brother. God is, God is very active, whether we realize it or not. Hello, who's this? Hey, yeah, it's Alex. Alex, what up, bro? Where you, what you call, where you calling from? Yeah, calling from Brooklyn. Okay, get it off your chest. 
Yeah, man, I'm just really upset right now, frustrated about um, hearing about these lynchings that's going on over there in California, man. And I, I'm just like trying to see what's going on with our people, man. How we gonna how we gonna try to get this thing back in order, man? This stuff is getting getting people ready to do something, man. Yeah, Robert Fuller well. and Malcolm Harsh. They're not sure what happened, but mm-hmm. it seems unlikely that it was a suicide, according to close family and friends of those men. Yeah, I read something this yesterday that was like four four of those lynchings this week. Wow. It was those two brothers and a uh, young woman and somebody else. Yeah, this thing, yeah, it's like it's just like gotta be like some type of Black Panther movement going on right now. This stuff is getting crazy, man. Right. Yes, it is, sir. It is, bro. That is an understatement. I wish I could tell you otherwise, but no. <laughs> that is the reality of the situation. Things are pretty nuts right now. All right, bro. Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, hit us up now. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. I'm calling. I'm calling. Hey, what you doing, man? I'm calling. I'm calling you. This is your time to get it off your chest. Whether you're mad or blessed. 800-585-1051. We want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. Hello, who's this? Kiki. Hey, T.T., get it off your chest. I just got to say that all this going on, this protesting and everything, I'm behind it 100%, but it's like they're not listening to us. They're looking at us like a big show and laughing at us. That's how I feel. And the only way these cops is actually going to listen to us, we have to take their pockets. We have to take their money. We have to take... Once we start taking their pockets, that's when they're going to actually say, hold up. Let's see what they're doing. Because right now, these cops obviously don't care because they get off of it. Being fired is nothing. Everybody gets fired every now and again. But he's not suffering any consequences. If it was a regular right. guy who did that murder, he would have been in jail already and then waited for investigation. That's right. That's right. They're you know, not being held accountable. I mean, the only way these people are going to actually listen, we have to take their pockets. I mean, I hear Charlemagne talking about it all the time. Deep on, deep on, yes, but you have to even go deeper. Take their pockets. When you start taking mm-hmm. the money, I mean, most of the time, 100% of the time, we buy their product. We support them. And we not, that's the only thing we kind of come together and say, yes, we're not going to shop for them. Because for some reason, we always have to go back and shop from them and buy stuff from them. Look at the Jews. The Jews stay together. As much as they don't like each other, they're going to support them because that's their community. That's their people. They're going to support. We as black people, we're going to hate somebody of one of our own and don't support them and go to the white man and support them just to get by them. But if you watch the white community and the Jewish community, they support each other. Yeah, so absolutely we, right. We other communities that. definitely support each other. We need to support each other. But also with officers, when they get arrested, I mean, and they get in and they're found guilty. They shouldn't be able to use the taxpayers' money to pay it to pay out other families. That that's not right. Yeah, they make I mean, a mistake. They do all this. Um, yeah, they shouldn't be able to do that either. That, that's why they're trying to end qualified immunity. You know, what right. I mean? so they can hold the officers personally accountable. accountable. Hold them, Absolutely. hold them accountable as individuals. You know, and that, that's that's my motto. My motto is uh, pensions or prisons. You know. Right. Choice is yours. If an officer had to choose between getting his pension taken away forever and being financially responsible to this family for his negligence, or he had to choose between, you know, actually going to prison, those are two things that would probably make them t- think twice about doing things like shooting brothers like uh, Rashad, Rashad Brooks is his name, right? Rashad Brooks in the back. Mm-hmm. 
All right, get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, you can hit us up. Now we got uh, rumors on the way, Yee? Yes, and you know, we played parts of Dave Chappelle's new stand-up, 846. Well, we'll tell you how some people he name-dropped are responding to what he had to say. All right, we'll get into that next. Keep it locked. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Let's get to the rumors. Let's talk Dave Chappelle. This is the Rumor Report with Angela Yee on The Breakfast Club. Now, Dave Chappelle's latest stand-up, 846, came out last week. And two people he discussed on there, Don Lemon and Candace Owens, have since responded to what he had to say on his special. Here is what Dave Chappelle said about Candace Owens. I watch everything everybody says. I seen Candace Owens try to convince white America, don't worry about it, he's a criminal anyway. I don't care what this did. I don't care if he personally kicked Candace Owens and her stinky I don't know if it stinks, but I imagine it does. And if I ever find out, I'll let you know for sure. I'll tell, like Azealia Banks, I'll tell. Now, she responded to every Democrat tweeting me the clip of Dave Chappelle insulting me. I'm not a leftist. I have a sense of humor, and I think comedians should make fun of people. Dave Chappelle is one of the greatest comedians of all time, and I made it into one of his specials. That's power. We've arrived too suddenly into a culture where people can't laugh at themselves or want to restrain comedians. I will never be a part of that culture. At Dave Chappelle, you are a legend, and I'd love to meet you and challenge you to say any of that to my face. All love. Hey, you don't she was have to excited like about the going. attention. Exactly. You don't have to like her, but she's absolutely right in that situation, okay? And by the way, that lets me know Candace Owens is invincible. She's unstoppable. Hating her, talking bad about her, calling her out, you, you ain't doing nothing but making her stronger. You hate Your hate for her is empowering her. What, you thought she was going to be mad at what Dave said? No, she loves she the attention. She was like, just as long as you say my name. She loves All right, right. Now, now here's what Dave Chappelle had, had to say about Don Lemon. So the other night, I'm in my little clubhouse, and I'm watching Don Lemon. He says, where are all these celebrities? Why aren't you talking? This said everybody. I was screaming at the TV. I dare you to say me, Has anyone ever listened to me do comedy? Have I not ever said anything about these things before? So now all of a sudden, this expects me to step in front of the streets and talk over the work these people are doing as a celebrity? Ask me, do you want to see a celebrity right now? Do we give a what Ja Rule thinks. Now, Don Lemon was also flattered to be mentioned in Dave Chappelle's stand-up because he said he's his favorite comedian. And here is his response to Dave Chappelle's jokes. Dave Chappelle is my favorite comedian, and I do care what Dave Chappelle says, but I do think that this is not a moment for modesty. I think it's a moment that we should all be using our platform to do whatever we can. And at least to show those young people and those people out there that we support them. And that's all they need to know. But the irony is, is that his special is called 846. He's talking about this issue. And I think it's great. He's using his platform to talk about this in the way that he can. A lot of people mad at Don for that, though. Because the problem with what Don did is he didn't know what people were doing. He didn't know what people had planned. He just right. jumped out there and started calling folks out. A lot of folks didn't like that. It just didn't seem right when he did it. I heard it live because I was actually watching it when he said it. It just didn't seem natural. It just didn't, you know what I mean? He was, just... he was vamping. He was trying to kill time. You could tell that right. they were in his ear. They were showing the B-roll of all the protests. They were showing the B-roll, yep. riots. And he, he just like, started going. Where he are you celebrities going. at? This is where like, we why need you. Why would you call out? 
Why'd you call out the cast of Blackish? <laughs> what, what, what did Anthony, what did Anthony Anderson and Tracy Ellis Ross have anything to do with this? Like, come on. Man. All right, now let's discuss something else that happened over the weekend. B. Simone, uh, they were blasting her, and that is because she has a book out, and she has plagiarized, allegedly, other authors for her book. So uh, a lot of people were calling for her to be canceled. Meek Mill did come to her defense. He said, give me your point why a girl from where we come from should be canceled because she finessed a little bit. I really want to know how people really think. And then he said, I never even checked what she really did. I'm just tired of seeing blacks canceling blacks. They got us ranked in last place already. Chill with that ish. Well, the problem is some writers are accusing her of copying their work. L of Boss Girl Bloggers became aware of the issue via email. And it's really definitely word for word what she had written. So she said, it's been brought to my attention that B. Simone is selling a book with my content in it word for word. She is making a profit off of plagiarized content of smaller content creators and calls herself an entrepreneur. And then she posted a shot of her content and then B. Simone's book. And she said, this is not entrepreneurship. It's disgusting. Let me ask you a question. Real question. Mm -hmm. And I'm not being shady. What does B. Simone do? I know she said she's... she's she sold makeup at one time, I believe. She had her own makeup line. But what what, what else did she... Because I, I don't know. I'm, and I'm not saying being shade. I'm just curious. Uh, she's a comedian. She's an artist, a, a recording artist also. So <laughs> B. Simone I did am. respond via DM. She said, if you know her, please tell her. I'm trying to contact her via DM. I would never intentionally do that. I hired a design firm. I had no idea. The book was removed and I want to handle this ASAP. Please tell her to check her DM. Thank you. I have, I'm so confused at everything that's going on right now with this. I don't know anything about this. <laughs> and that's what I'm saying. I'm I confused. No I, thought, I thought she did makeup. I have makeup. no idea what is going on. I didn't on. know she do books. She put I'm, out a book. I'm, what was the book about? It was just uh, like kind oh, of how to, that be, I know. how to manifest. Yeah. Manifest. The there is, you go. Because she's, man, she's the manifest queen, right? <laughs> yo, why yes. Why but the, problem like is, that, the problem is that she plagiarized <laughs> other content creators work word for word in her book. Listen. So other I know people are out here working. Manifest queen. Mm-hmm. That's all you know. I'm hip. I'm hip. Okay? <laughs> You're hip. The kids, the kids keep me young. They okay? keep you in the know. I be hitting, I, I be hitting up my nieces like, yo, who is what, what's going on here now? Why are people mad at her? And oh, then God. you know I don't care as soon as I oh. find out. <laughs> all right, now Vanessa Bryant said that her family has had to block fan accounts because of the constant reminders of Kobe and Gianna and the pictures that these fan accounts have been posting, even though they don't have any ill intent. She said, thanks so much for all the love. Natalia, Brian, and I have unfortunately had to block fan pages because it's been really hard to go online and constantly see pics of our beloved Gigi and Kobe under every single square of our Explore pages. Blocking the fan pages has helped change the algorithm. We love you, but please understand that we had to do this for our own healing, not because we don't appreciate your love. I get it. I feel makes it. sense. I get it. Nah, that makes all the sense in the world. It makes all the sense in the world because it um because it's just a constant reminder. And I don't think that anybody wants to forget. It's just that you know. It comes in ebbs and flows. I felt like that this weekend with Jazz, but you know she 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 just passed away this weekend. So it's just like when you go on her page, mm-hmm. some posts make you feel good, some posts make you feel sad. That's just right. that's just the way it is, you know. All right. Well, I'm Angela Yee, and that is your rumor report. All right. Thank you, Miss Yee. Now we got front page news. Next, what are we talking about? Yes, I'm gonna give you some details about Robert Fuller and Malcolm Harsh, two black men who were found hanging in California. All right, we'll get into that next. Keep it locked. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Let's get in some front page news. Where are we starting, Yee? 
Well, people are demanding justice for Robert Fuller. He was found hanging from a tree near Palmdale City Hall in California on June 10th. He was found by a passerby at about 3.40 a.m. Now, the city did release a statement. They said his death was a suicide, and they said it was connected to the coronavirus pandemic. They said many people are suffering extreme mental anguish, and the city wants everyone to know that help is available. However, Robert Fuller's friends and family believe that he was lynched. They think that police jumped to conclusions by ruling out a hate crime so quickly. And now the city is even reversing their stance and saying that they need to do an independent investigation and autopsy. And they do support a full investigation into his death. In addition, there was another man, Malcolm Harsh, in Victorville, California, and his body was found May 31st. And so that's a second person. His body was found hanging from a tree outside of L.A., Hard for me to believe that all of these things are coincidences, especially being that they're hanging themselves outside uh, on trees. I don't believe that. Not in the the slightest. And they should do an independent investigation. They all should, on all three cases, absolutely. And and in a world where where everything is on camera, why is none of this on video? There's no, like, cameras outside in these areas where these... These young men are allegedly hanging themselves. Like, nobody sees any of this. In a a world where everything's on camera at all times, nobody's getting video of this. And then you remember what they said at George Floyd first. At at first they said it it wasn't because the the officer's knee was on his neck. And then they had to to get an independent person to come in and check it out. And they said, no, that is the reason. So, yeah, definitely get an independent person to check those things out. Yeah, for Robert Fuller, they said there were no working security cameras in the area, so they don't have any footage of that. Now, the mayor in Robert Fuller's case said that there, the reasons why they said all signs pointed to suicide, there were apparently scars on his body consistent with previous attempts. But, uh, you know, according to Robert Fuller's brother, he said, my brother was not suicidal. My brother was just with me not too long ago, and the family doesn't believe that. Well, you never know what somebody's going through. So that's not it. That 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 right there is definitely not a good excuse because you just don't know what somebody may be going through. They may present something to you, but they may have some whole other issues going on within their mind. Mm-hmm. Right. But as a family member, I think you would feel that way also and demand an investigation and be like there were no yeah, signs. Of course. Of this. All right. In San Francisco, police officers will be replaced with trained unarmed professionals when responding to calls for help on non-criminal matters involving mental health, the homeless, school discipline and neighbor disputes. So instead of police officers, now they're going to have people who are trained with that whole thing because they said police officers just sometimes aren't equipped to deal with mental health issues with homeless with neighbor disputes and things like that. And there's no reason for these type of calls to involve the police. That's when things tend to escalate. So that's their plan moving forward. And it's similar to a plan called the CAHOOTS program in Eugene, Oregon, where a medic and a mental health crisis manager respond to emergency calls for help with individuals who are suffering from severe mental illness, addiction, and homelessness. Yeah, I, I, I think you know that's what? great. I think that's great. I think, I think the police should come with them, but I do feel like no. you, give, you let them start. Because they see the whole thing is, is is somebody a doctor will understand what's going on can and be able to talk to somebody and see exactly what's going on you know at at all cases yeah I, I agree with that yeah. but the problem with the police officers they don't know how to deescalate those situations so let's say that they go to somebody's house and you know the person has a manic episode all police know how to do is lay somebody down clearly mm-hmm. you know what I mean it would be mm-hmm. different if, it, if 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 police weren't the way that they were. And I'm not saying all police are like that, but it's hard to say all police aren't like that because all we see is the ones that are like that. So it's hard to, you know, go there and just defuse the situation. But honestly, that's what I needed a few months ago because, you know, we made a call to the police to do a wellness check on someone and they said that they couldn't even go because the person 
uh, wasn't in any imminent danger. That's what they said. And because because the last That's- time uh, we we spoke to the person, the person said they were fine. You know, you know and you, you told even me though, that. Even, even though, I to, yeah, I told you. I told you told me that, that which is bub, because I, I, one time I was out of town, and I called the house, and my wife didn't pick up, and I called my daughter's phone, and she didn't pick up. And when I checked the cameras on the house, the cameras were out. So I called the police to make a wellness check, and they were able to do it. So I wonder if different states mm-hmm. have different laws and different rules, because they were able to make a wellness check, you know? I don't know. I wonder. It was in, it was in, LA, it was in L.A., mm-hmm. but... Yeah, we definitely needed that. Whatever San Francisco got now, we definitely needed that a few months ago. Absolutely. Right, and these are non-criminal calls, and I think it makes mm-hmm. perfect sense. You know, we've seen things where somebody with mental illness, the family member calls the police because they don't know how to handle the situation, Correct. and then things go completely left. So something like this can actually prevent that from happening and help defuse situations instead of escalating them. Right. All right, well, that is your front page news. All right, thank you, Miss Yee. Now, when we come back, let's open up the phone lines. 800-585-1051. The NBA. Do you feel the NBA should come back? Uh, the players have had meetings about this. Some players feel like, yeah, we want to get back to the games. And some players feel like, nah. We actually have some some audio of, of Steven Jackson. Can you play the audio, Eddie? I love the NBA, man. But now ain't the time to be playing basketball, y'all. Playing basketball is going to do one thing. Take all the attention off the task at hand right now and what we fighting for. None of these white owners have spoken up. Yeah, they might post a video when the season start uh, saying what we should do, but they ain't doing nothing. Playing basketball ain't gonna do nothing but make them money and take the t- attention of what we fighting for. It's bigger than all of us and it's bigger than the game and I'm, I'm, I'm sad that we still gotta explain that to people, bro. So we're asking, what are your thoughts? 800-585-1051. Seems like Kyrie Irving doesn't want the season to, to begin. He doesn't want to play this season. But there's a yeah, couple of players that... he a video that... call of mm-hmm. NBA players, and LeBron does believe that you can still play and impact social justice. Mm-hmm. So when we come back, we'll take Let's your discuss. calls. 800-585-1051. What do you think? It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Pull out, pull out, your, pull out your phone. Call in right now. Call me. Add your opinion to the Breakfast Club topic. Break it down. 800-585-1051. The Breakfast Club. It's topic time. Pick up the phone, baby. Call 800-585-1051 to join into the discussion with the Breakfast Club. Talk about it. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Now, if you just joined us, we're talking about the NBA. Should the NBA be open? Should they allow the players to get back to playing and start playing some games? So uh, players have uh, different opinions on this, right, Yee? Yes, Kyrie Irving doesn't think that the NBA should be opening back up in Orlando right now. And he says that there's only 20 guys actually getting paid. I'm part of that. Let's not pretend there's not a tiered system purposely to divide all of us. LeBron believes that you can still play in Orlando and impact social justice. And he wants a return to play in Orlando. But he's also a public and prominent supporter of Black Lives Matter and social justice causes as well. And he also just started his More Than a Vote campaign. Now, Steven Jackson believes that the NBA shouldn't be playing. Here is his, his audio. I love the NBA, man. But now ain't the time to be playing basketball, y'all. Playing basketball is going to do one thing. Take all the attention off the task at hand right now and what we fighting for. None of these white owners have spoken up. Yeah, they might post a video when the season starts uh, saying what we should do, but they ain't doing nothing. Playing basketball ain't going to do nothing but make them money 
and take the t attention of what we fighting for. It's bigger than all of us, and it's bigger than the game, and I'm, I'm, I'm sad that we still got to explain that to people, bro. Stella, let me ask you, what do you think? What do you think, E? First of all, I think it's up to the players. And I, from my understanding, a lot of the players do want to go back to play. And I also feel like that's a great platform to be able to promote everything that's happening and discuss it and play in honor of those people who are suffering and people who have been killed and family members and all of that. And to actually be able to make that money to donate to causes and bring attention to things. So I do feel like you can do that and play basketball. Um, before we go to you, Charlamagne, I feel that the players should play. I mean, I, I'm, you know, LeBron has made statements before wearing T-shirts before the games with the world watching. Not only that, um, you got to think not just a lot of these players that's making millions and millions and millions of dollars like your Kyrie Irving and your LeBron James. There's some players that are not making that much money and they rely on this check. This is how they pay for their, their rent and pay for their family. And if the NBA doesn't play, the NBA players risk the possibility of losing all their game checks. So I definitely feel like yeah. you should play. Disney's about Jay to open. States are opening. Like, every the world is opening up. So I think if and you say, okay, NBA not opening, I think it just hurts the players. Like, Disney and is Austin opening Rivers up. And Austin Rivers pointed week. that out for himself as well. He said 99% of the NBA hasn't made the money a guy like Kyrie has. Not to mention NBA basketball is predominantly African-American and a lot of our audiences too. Charlamagne? Um, I hear both sides. Uh, I respect both sides. I understand what Steven Jackson is saying, and I understand what the people who want to play are saying. Um, I don't think, but personally, I don't think the NBA distracts from anything that's going on. I think it actually heightens what's going on. Um, it can bring more eyes to what's going on. Absolutely. Players will be out there doing their own demonstrations, uh, wearing T-shirts, taking knees. Protesters mm -hmm. can protest outside of the arenas. It's not like they have fans in the stands, so nobody's at harm there. And by the way, it's not like NBA players are out there protesting on the front lines. I know I saw Russell Westbrook some and some are. others in L.A. Yeah, mm -hmm. but it's, it's not like they're out there every day. And right. let's be clear about one thing and one thing only. The NBA, that's those guys' job, all right? People are going back to work, okay? NBA players want to go back to work, and it's safe for them to go back to work. Let them go back to work and make some money. I personally don't think it's distracting at all. I'm one of those people who knows that black people can chew gum and walk at the same time. And that's why you got to have a mean inside-outside game, okay? You got to have people on the outside doing what they do, and you got to have people on the inside doing what they do. And I think that the NBA can actually heighten what's going on on the outside, so I don't think it's distracting at all. All right. And well, another concern that they have is with the ownership not really stepping up and also supporting all of these movements, and that's when you got to put that pressure on as well. well let's go to the phone lines. Hello, who's this? Cheyenne. Hey, now we're talking to NBA. Do you think the NBA should come back? you think they should start playing again? Um, I feel like that they should. I could also argue both sides. But I feel like they should because as right now, a lot of the children are out of school, the young children. Um, I'm speaking the teenagers instead of them being out here running around doing things they shouldn't be doing. They could be at the home watching a game. Okay. okay. Gives them something I, I, to do. I mean, that's, that's true, too, where these kids will be, you know, doing something. They'll be home watching the games instead of being outside. That's a good way to think about it. 800-585-1051. We're talking about the NBA season. Do you think the NBA season should come back? Call us up now. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. I know it now. Call me. Add your opinions to The Breakfast Club top. Come on. 800-585-1051. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. 
If you just join us, we're talking about the NBA season. We're asking, do you think the NBA season should come back? All right. A couple of players feel like, no, they don't want to play this season. And some other players feel like, yeah, we're losing money. We want to get back to playing. We want to get back to getting our checks. Let's open up the phone lines. Hello, who's this? Yo, this is Matt from VA. Hey, what's up, Matt? We're talking the NBA what's season. Up, what are you thinking? Nah, man, they should just go ahead and leave it alone, chill for a whole nother season. Ain't nobody going to protest and use that platform like Colin Kaepernick did in the NFL. Ain't nobody going to do Ain't nobody really going to be about the action. And if they are, it's going to protest doing something that's really not going to make a difference right now, honestly. Why do you think nobody's going to do that when they've done it before? Like, you've seen LeBron James then wear the I Can't Breathe t-shirt. Absolutely. Because, you've seen him wear the be- Because that's all he's huh? done. That's not going to make enough change. A shirt is not going to do anything. And if he go out there and protest on a riot, that's not going to do anything. If they can use their platform somehow, like Colin Kaepernick, he kneeled during a national anthem. And then if they made that kind of statement, then yes, I will support them coming back. I don't think they will. They're just going to make the white man just a little bit more money and not going to bring enough attention to the cause. That's it. They're going to make themselves a lot more money, too. And I don't know if you know, but some of those NBA players are actually funding people that are on the ground, on the front lines. They're funding but, but, some of these movements that are frontline protesters. Yeah, but uh, I've heard of them funding protests that, and the money doesn't go anywhere. I've heard that the BLM funding hasn't went anywhere at all. So I'm not. What do you mean hasn't went anywhere? I don't understand what you mean. You say haven't gone haven't gone anywhere. People got to bail protesters out of jail. Right, right, but that's the thing. Bailing protesters out of jail is not going anywhere. I mean, well, that's doing a lot. Those people are on the front lines protesting for, for all of us. I mean, they get locked up. They need lawyers. We got to bail them out. So there, there is a lot going on. And a lot of those NBA players are funding that or helping to fund that. Making sure families can travel to where they need to travel to. But thank you, brother. Hello, who's this? Hey, how you doing? My name's Darrell, man. Darrell, what's up? Hey, We're Darrell. talking about the NBA season. You think they should come back this year? I, I do not. I agree with what was said. I think that um, right now we, we got the light, we got the mental, and we're being heard. And I think that it's just going to cause a distraction. Um, not only that, but uh, with this pandemic going on, the NBA was one of the first places where the pandemic happened. So I think we can sit out this year, you know, make everybody hope. Hopefully everybody be well by next year. And uh, right now, like I said, we're being heard. That's the main focal point right now. Well, see, so many yeah, different why, places are why? opening up. Like, Disney is opening up, bro. Hershey Park is opening up. A lot of these places are opening up where there's going to be a lot of flood of people. And you got to remember, there is no fans in the stands. It's just those players. They're going to be in a particular hotel, and they're going to be quarantined all together. Okay. I mean, but still, I think, like like I said, in light of everything that's going on right now in America, I do think that it's just going to cause a distraction. I'm going to be honest with you. I am very confused by people saying this will be a distraction. It's not like there haven't been athletes who have played and fought for social justice before. Some of the loudest moments in social justice history have happened in sports. John Carlos and Tommy Smith at the Olympics. Uh, Mm -hmm. People like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Colin Kaepernick taking the knee, Jim Brown, Muhammad Ali. Like, these people have used their platforms to heighten whatever movement they were behind. I don't understand why we're acting like this would be a distraction. That is confusing to me. All right. 800-585-1051. 800-585-1051. We'll take some more of your calls when we come back. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. I know it now. Call me. Add your opinions to The Breakfast Club top. Come on. 800-585-1051. 
Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Now, if you just join us, we're talking about the NBA season. And should it uh, return? Uh, Steven Jackson, he says, no, let's play his audio. I love the NBA, man. But now ain't the time to be playing basketball, y'all. Playing basketball is going to do one thing. Take all the attention off the task at hand right now and what we fighting for. None of these white owners have spoken up. Yeah, they might post a video when the season starts saying what we should do, but they ain't doing nothing. Playing basketball ain't going to do nothing but make them money and take the t- attention of what we fighting for. It's bigger than all of us, and it's bigger than the game, and I'm, I'm, I'm sad that we still got to explain that to people, bro. A lot of other players feel like they want to play. LeBron wants to play. So we're asking 800-585-1051. What are your thoughts? Hello, who's this? D. Okay, what are, you, what are your thoughts, Mama? So I think uh, at first I was torn because I was thinking, you know, they're just going back to, you know, play for the white people uh, in essence. But at the same time, I think this is, would be a perfect opportunity for them to really use their voice. Every game that starts, we hold a moment of silence. Every mm-hmm. last player is outfitted with a Black Lives Matter T-shirt. We make it so that they can't avoid it. Like they are expecting that. You know, all of these players will go back and act like everything is normal. No, it's not normal. We shouldn't be killed at the hands of cops. It's one thing when you have, like, one player, like Kaepernick. You can't boycott or you can't blacklist all of the NBA players. Right. You know? Like but you can't, you can't force like, every player to, do, to, do, to wear that, though. They have to feel not it. Even like every, you know? Yeah, I understand that. But at the same time, I'm willing to bet that most of the top line or, you know, top of the market players are going to be willing to lend their voice to this cause because it's something that affects us all, you know? Mm-hmm. And I wanted all, to all, also all, tie into that. All, all they got to do is... Mm-hmm. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I kind of also wanted to tie into that, like, the idea of flooding timelines and just making it so that they can't ignore it. Yesterday was Obama Appreciation Day. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Trump stayed off of Twitter. What if we were to make it so that he can't avoid Black Lives Matter? MAGA, hashtag MAGA, hashtag Trump. Let's take it over. Let's make it so that, like, the K-pop stars did it. Let's make it so that every image, every time he opens up Twitter, that's what he sees. Yeah, that's why I don't understand why people act like the NBA would be a distraction. Like, the NBA would just heighten what's going on. Like, all the players could wear... I can't breathe T-shirts. And now it would be even different because you'd have white players participating as well. Mm -hmm. Like, athlete activism and protest through sports is important. It's been happening since I've I've been alive. Like, we're acting like this is new. Well, thank you, Mama. Go to one more caller. Hello, who's this? Hey, what's going on? Hey, good morning. Where you calling from? Detroit, Michigan. Okay. All right. So we're talking about the NBA playing. What are your thoughts? I don't think any sports should return. Not football, not basketball, not baseball, or hockey. Why? This is not the time to be worrying about who's playing games, who's winning championships right now. We're still not. It's still killing us right now. Okay. Well, thank okay. you. Thank you for your opinion, Mama. I I just I'm very confused about this. Like, why do we act like sports didn't play a role in the civil rights movement? Like seriously, why are we acting like the Jackie Robinsons of the world didn't exist? Like I don't, I don't, I'm, I really don't understand the logic. I really don't. Or Muhammad you know, Ali. Like, like Muhammad Ali, John Carlos, Tommy Smith, like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. More, most recently, Colin Kaepernick. You know, you've always had people who have used athlete activism and protest through sports. Like I, I'm really confused about why people think this would be a distraction. All right. Well, well, is there a moral to the story? 
I don't think it's a moral to the story. Like I said, I, I respect both sides, and I hear both mm -hmm. sides. I hear what Steven Jackson is saying. I hear what the people that want to play is saying. But I just think that, you know, if they play, it heightens what's going on. It brings more eyes to what's going on. And players will be out there doing their demonstrations and, um, you know, bringing more attention to the cause. And once again, that's just their job. If people are getting back to work and, and, and they want to work, let them work. All right. I feel like it's like kind of like saying don't release movies, don't release music, don't do any. Like you can still do things and still be active. Absolutely. Well, we got rumors on the way, Yee. Yes, and we are going to talk about a versus battle that's coming up on Juneteenth. We'll tell you who's battling. Also, Nicki Minaj was on Young Money Radio. All right. We'll get into that when we come back. Keep it locked. This the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Listen up. It's just in. All the gossip. Gossip. The rumor report. Angela Yee. It's the rumor report. The Breakfast Club. Well, Lil Wayne, Young Money Radio. Guess who we interviewed over the weekend? Nicki Minaj. Now, one of the things she discussed was being married right now. Listen to this. How the marriage life been treating you? Good, good, good. Awesome, man. Didn't think it would be as fresh and calming as it is, mm. but it kind of, you know, even if you're not married, just when you have somebody that that is feels like your soulmate off is very yep. understanding understands you yeah it just make you feel like you on top of the world you know you I just know, need right. that partner that's what's so up. i'm good it also turns out the two of them really might be doing this joint album and things might be in the works they discussed what it was like for him to sign her as a woman because that's not uh you know, people always have had reservations about signing female artists, unfortunately. And then she discusses how difficult it is to follow Wayne on a record because he's legendary. The beauty of that is Nikki caught fire her on her own, especially with that Beam Me Up Scotty mixtape. I'm sure once that took off, that's when the label was like, oh, Wayne, I think you might have something here. Let's open mm -hmm. the budget. Mm -hmm. And now um, Eminem has been talking to a lot of people on his Young Money Radio. He's even had on Eminem, Jamie Foxx, Drake, Killer Mike, a whole lot of other guests as well. Looks like he's having fun yeah, with Nor it. N yeah, Nori was on there this weekend as well. Yeah, I seen Nori on there. All right, Spike Lee has ap apologized, and that's because he defended Woody Allen. He, he voiced support for Woody Allen, and he was criticizing cancel culture. And after that happened, he has said he deeply apologizes. He tweeted out, my words were wrong. I do not and will not tolerate sexual harassment, assault, or violence. Such treatment causes real damage that can't be minimized. And that's all because we do know that Woody Allen has been accused of molesting his daughter, Dylan Farrow, when she was seven years old. Mm -hmm. Now, here is what Spike Lee had to say in an interview on uh, In the Morning. Well, I'd just like to say Woody Allen's a great, great filmmaker. And this cancel thing is uh, not just Woody. And I think that when you know we look back on it, is when to see that I don't know if you just short of killing somebody. I don't know you just just erase somebody like they never existed. So Woody's a friend of mine, a fellow Nick fan. So I, I know he's going through it right now. What was the line of questioning though? Like why did he start talking about Woody Allen? I think he was just talking about the cancel culture and he was saying that Woody Allen's a great filmmaker and that's just his longtime friend. So he was just talking about Woody Allen falling out of grace because of the Me Too movement. Mm. And so, you know, Woody Allen also has recently put out his memoir and a lot of people had issues with that as well. Mm. All right, Barbara Streisand, here's some good news. She has helped out George Floyd's daughter, Gianna. She's only six years old and she gave her some shares. So she's now a Disney shareholder. I love now, that. Now Gianna posted a picture with a post 
on her Instagram page. And she said, thank you, Barbara Streisand, for my package. I am now a Disney shareholder. Thanks to you. I love that. Yeah, drop mm-hmm. on the food bombs for Barbara Streisand. That's good. That, I mean, that, that young lady's going to be set for life if if she, if she somebody teaches her how to, you know, be financially literate, which she can mm-hmm. learn. She's a kid. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Right. She's good. already been offered a full-ride scholarship to te- Texas Southern University in Houston, and Kanye has set up a college fund for her as well. There's also a GoFundMe page that's been set up on behalf of her, and they've raised over $2 million to date. So that's how you yeah. actually help out the village. Yeah, the AKAs. The AKA said that uh, any HBCU she wants to go attend, that they'll uh, cover that as well. By the way, that's 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 how all uh, American descendants of slaves should be <laughs> should be treated. That's the kind of uh, reparations we're talking about. Yes, for everything that you know, black people have been through in this country. That is the kind of uh, reparations they should receive. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And you know what I love about giving her stock in Walt Disney and Disney? That's something that you can relate to, right? You know things that you love, and they always say buy stock in things that are important to you and that you support and that you use on a daily basis. And that's something that she can actually understand. Like, I'm getting stock in Disney. I love Disney. Absolutely. And that's a great start to your investing. Yeah, just seven months ago, it was like at 140, 150, and now it's at like 112. So it is shoot up. So that would be great. Mm-hmm. They said that if you would have bought uh, $1,000 10 years ago in Disney stock, that would be worth more than, as of February, you know, it's down a little bit right now until they open back up, but it would have been worth $4,600 for $1,000 a stock yep. mm-hmm. from 10 years ago. So that's a great investment. All right, I'm Angela Yee, and that is your rumor report. All right, thank you, Miss Yee. Charlemagne. Yes, sir. Who are you giving that donkey to? You know, I need a couple of Instagram influencers uh, whose names I can't pronounce, so I'll save my energy to try to pronounce them during Donkey today. Um, they don't understand what his what blackface is, so we gotta give them a little history lesson. We need, Again, um, them to come in. Yes, yes, yes. People still don't know what blackface is. We need them to come in the front of the congregation. We like to have a word with them. All right, we'll get into that next. Keep it locked. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. It's gonna be a donkey because right now you want some real donkey. It's time for Donkey of the Day. So if you ever feel I need to be a donkey, man, hit me with the heat. Did she get Donkey of the Day? Please tell me. Absolutely. I have become Donkey of the Day. The Breakfast Club, bitches. You're a donkey. Donkey of the Day for Monday, June 15th goes to Lebanese vocalist Tania Saleh and Algerian artist Suhila Bin Lakab. Apologies if I messed up either one of your names. Pronunciation has never been my strong suit. Now, I really do appreciate seeing people all over the world scream Black Lives Matter. I have said numerous times over the past few weeks that ain't no good gonna come to America or the world until they do right by black people. Okay, when America atones for its original sin, which is slavery, through legislation, uh, reparations, and change behavior, behavior, then you will see this wicked system come to an end. And a new world will be upon us. There will be a lot of devils who refuse to accept the programming, and that's fine. Okay, when God told Noah to tell folks to get their minds right, get their souls right, and get on this ark because the flood was coming, most of them didn't listen either, and they got pressure washed. So all you devils who don't want to do right by black people and think whatever I'm saying is trash, eh, let them drown. Okay, so I'm saying all that to say all you folks all around the world showing love to Black Lives Matter, thank you, but we live in an era of too far. All right, everybody goes too far with whatever they are doing, and sadly, you don't know you have gone too far until you have went too far. And by then, it's too late. 
Okay, you are already experiencing online outrage and backlash. In this case, blacklash, because you see these two Instagram influencers from the Middle East and Eastern Europe, respectively, decided to show their love, and I put love in quotation marks, and support, and I put support in quotation marks, for black people by putting on blackface. Yeah, that blackface. Uh, Tania had a photoshopped Angela Davis Afro wig and black skin paint, and she put the caption, wish I was black today more than ever. Sending my love and full support to the people who demand equality and justice for all races anywhere in the world. Uh, so Gila painted half her body brown with the caption, just because we're black on the outside doesn't mean we're black on the inside. Huh? At first, I didn't know what the hell that line meant. It made absolutely no sense to me because I'm all black everything through and through. And what the hell is wrong with being black on the inside? Then she explained, she says, racist people are the true black-hearted ones. They are black on the inside and they know it. I know what she means, but fart on that statement. Okay? Come on, Eddie. Give me a little ask-ass for that. All right? See, see you, you can't celebrate black people if you don't know black history, if you don't know what offends black people. Okay, wearing blackface at a time like this is like starting a hashtag I am campaign. Oh, I'm sorry, Toronto. Can't say the N-word in Toronto. Uh, so just imagine if a bunch of white people got online and to show their support, they did a hashtag I am N-word campaign. Huh? Can you imagine that? What if to show support for black people, somebody decided to sponsor free Popeyes, free KFC for protesters at all Black Lives Matter rallies? Now, I would enjoy it because I enjoy Popeyes and KFC, but the optics of it would be disrespectful as hell. Okay? White people moonwalk away from the bronzer. All right, if you see the black and brown paint to the right, then you go to the left to the left, okay? What trips me out about this is what's wrong with your Google? Did you consult with anyone before you made this move? Do you not see what happens to white folks every Halloween here in America? White folks who decide that they want to trick or treat as their favorite black rapper? Did you not see what happened to Jimmy Fallon a couple weeks ago when he was pretending to be Chris Rock back in the day, okay? See, blackface is not just dark makeup used to enhance a costume, okay? Its origins are rooted in minstrel shows, okay? Back in the 19th century, white actors would put black grease paint on their faces when depicting plantation slaves and free blacks on stage. So it's not a compliment at all to wear blackface. This is exactly why I don't like to see white folks kneeling at a time like this because I don't know if they are finally understanding why people are taking a knee or if they are making a mockery of George Floyd's death. You never know with white folks, okay? Even with these IG influences. Do I think they were trying to offend? No, but it's a part of me that's not sure. I'm just not sure because I refuse to believe that in 2020, anywhere in the world, somebody doesn't understand why blackface is wrong. Please give Tania Saleh and Suheila Bin Lakab the sweet sounds of the Hamiltons, please. Oh, now you are the donkey of the day. You are the donkey of the day. You think they were trying to offend? I would hope not. Yeah, I would hope yeah, not. I would hope, I would how hope many times we got to say don't do it? For people to really yeah, understand. That's what I'm saying. Everybody has the internet. Everybody sees what's going on out here. You're not going to sit here and tell me that you've never seen a white person get slandered online, receive blacklash for wearing blackface. Like, come on, stop. And then when being told to take it down to say, I'm not taking it down. 
It's crazy. Yeah, that's yeah, as, if you're, as if you're making some righteous stand. The same black people that are telling you to take it down because it's offensive, you're using your privilege to say, hell no, I know what's best for y'all. <laughs> right, even if you had good intentions and then they tell you Makes no take sense. it down, this is offensive to the movement and you can't say these things and this is awful and then you're still like, no, I'm going to keep it up. No, you should listen to the people that you supposedly right. support. All right. Well, thank you for that donkey of the day. Now, when we come back, Soledad O'Brien will be joining us. I love watching her on Twitter and social media talk about everything that's going on. You might have seen her on CNN, and she has a new podcast, right, Yee? Yes, it's called Murder on the Towpath. She's uh, talking about the murder of Mary Pinchot Meyer. All right. So we'll kick it with Soledad O'Brien. When we come back, it's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. We got a special guest on the Zoom, Soledad O'Brien. We talk about wrestling, boss. Of course. Oh, let's start right there. All right. <laughs> the good, the good morning is assumed. Always nice to see you guys. But so, why would you want to hear from Rush Limbaugh of all the people? And by the way, not everybody can say this, but Breakfast Club can literally dial up anybody, and they'll come on. And you're like, you know what? I think Rush Limbaugh's the guy. Why? Bigamy. Well, no. What happened was we work for we all work for <laughs> iHeartMedia, <laughs> right? And so being that we were we all work for iHeartMedia, that was a a corporate call. Corporate convinced us oh. that that would be a good idea because Rush had this whole thing about George Floyd was wrong and police mm -hmm. need to be held accountable and he wants this to change. He wants George Floyd to be the last one. And it was like, it would be like a building of bridges coming to different worlds coming together. <laughs> but you know, the problem yeah. with somebody like Russ is he doesn't want to deal with the reality of white privilege and the reality of systemic racism and white supremacy. So therefore you can't ever get well, to the root of what the real issue is. Right, right. His entire show is built on that. His whole entire show Correct. is dismissing, denying, and ignoring, and lying about, and being crazy uh, about all those things. So, so yeah. Anyways, yeah, it wasn't us pitching everybody. like we would love to get Rush on the show, but yeah. the idea no, was because we happened. are we are we, <laughs> we are all incensed number. about what what happened with George Floyd and wanting to make sure that those uh, police officers do end up getting charged, right? And so the idea was. Let's we we all believe that this should happen. So it was supposed to be just about that one thing that we do agree on that those police officers need to be charged. That's what it was the idea. And he wanted to have us on because he doesn't engage with people with like black us. people. Yeah, it was on his platform <laughs> with as black well. people. Since you asked us about Rush, though, just real quick, sure. have you ever have you ever interviewed somebody that you really just did not like, did not want to interview, but did it for the sake yeah. of this is my job? Yeah, and you know that's an interesting challenge, right? Because you're always trying to figure out how do you have the conversation without giving someone who's got despicable views and who really dislikes you and really doesn't want to be in an honest conversation. How do you do that without giving them your big platform, right? Like, how do you interview, uh, you know, the Grand Wizard of the KKK, David Duke, and expect to have, like, an actual conversation, which could be interesting about, like, why would this guy want to be the Grand Wizard of the KKK? He was historically. And yet I always find or frequently find that they kind of co-opt the conversation and they jump onto the platform and then it just derails, right? And it doesn't you're not really having a heart-to-heart -heart about I feel this and you feel that and let's discuss it. 
they're just taking the mic and using it as an opportunity to spew stuff. And you feel like, well, shoot, why did I just give this person a platform? I don't know. Otherwise, so, you end up just talking to yourselves, right? And you can't do right. that. Back in the day, that's how it was, right? Like, you would watch Oprah, you would watch Donahue, and it would be all of these different worldviews. Like, they would interview Grand Wizards of the KKK, or they would interview people that were on the total opposite side of them. I wonder why we don't do that more often now. I think it's because social media now, people recognize that they can get the platform, they can take a chunk of the conversation. There's no upside to having a conversation. A thoughtful conversation buys you nothing in terms of, you know, flailing your own message for your own people. So they need to have mm -hmm. a moment. That moment gets edited down and it gets cut. And then they put it on their own platform for their own purposes, mm -hmm. right? The idea of a thoughtful conversation, what's the upside of that? You're right. Now, I wanted to ask you something else, too. With everything that's been going on, you see that they're uh, canceling cops after over 30 seasons and Live PD is on hiatus. And I see some people are, are on social media upset about that. What do you think about those decisions by the networks? It's interesting to me that people for 30 years have been saying that cops is racist, right? I mean, it, it sends a message about how people in their lowest moment um, who are often being chased for messed or pot or whatever and don't really have the wherewithal to have their lawyers, et cetera, et cetera, around them, advising them. Um, I, I always thought that show was racist. I have no problem with cops being off the air. I hate that show. Now, when, when, with George Floyd, what do you tell your kids when, when they go out and about? You have four children. They're going to the march this afternoon in Washington Square Park. And I was really nervous. And I said, don't go for coronavirus reasons and for other reasons. And then my husband's like, they got to go. They're New York City kids and they're young. And this is the, the generation that actually is demanding change. Mm -hmm. and my generation sure. was like, you know, listen, as long as we've created a panel to discuss it, and I feel like the CEO really is feeling it, then I'm good. My the kids, next generation's like, through that, we want change. And right. I think that's amazing. So, so I'm reluctantly, because I'm a little nervous for them, uh, letting them go. Um, but I think that they get it. And social media, again, as bad as it sometimes is, has really been good for them. They see these stories. It's very interesting to watch you on Twitter uh, criticizing Trump, slandering Trump, because it seems like every day he finds a new way to disgust you. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's very it's interesting so to, to watch you get more and more pissed off at Trump every day. Mm -hmm. I'm more and more pissed off at the media, though. Right? Mm -hmm. You know, if Trump tomorrow were to say, listen, I think black lives do matter, there would be front page articles about yeah. the change <laughs> in the heart of the... Oh, and he read it off a teleprompter, because I'm not sure he could even manage it off the top of his head. There would be articles and essays and op-eds written about the president who has finally seen his way and now he really is and you're just like come on media it just it does disgust me but i'm more disgusted by the media there's a guy um right who i like a lot as a reporter uh jonathan carl wrote a book called um front row at the trump show and i'm like but you're the white house correspondent you're calling your job the trump show how how dismissive can you be of your own wow job that's an important job that's an essential job not just for you but for americans and you call it front row at the trump show it's actually a good book but it's like i just can't wrap my head around you have the most coveted job as a white house correspondent and you can't stand up and and stand up for the job it's just it, it breaks my heart and it does disgust me but but then it, i say he is the president so you got to cover the president 
it's a little bit the same thing we were talking about, right? Which is, mm -hmm. okay, you got to cover the president, but you don't have to hand him a mic. And you don't have to do analysis mm. that says, let's cheer for him. He said a good thing off a teleprompter. You don't mm. have to cover everybody live. You don't, you know, there are decisions we make all the time. We decide which person we're going to put on TV. We decide for how long. We decide the questions we're going to ask them, how we're going to frame them. Do we give them an hour? Do we give them two minutes? Do they just get a sentence? So we make those decisions constantly, 100%. He is the president of the United States. We absolutely need to educate people on what he's doing and what he's saying. It does not need to be live, especially if your goal is we're not going to air lies. He lies constantly. So if you right. lie all the time, and by the way, guests that I've had in the past who were dishonest with me, eventually I stopped letting them be guests on my show. You're not doing your job as a reporter. So, yes, we have to rethink how you cover the president. It's a different time. But it's not brain surgery. It's just rethinking it. All right, we got more with Soledad O'Brien. When we come back, don't move. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. We're still kicking it with Soledad O'Brien. Are you surprised as an adult? I, I, I seen you say something, and I'm from Queens, so I'm, I'm familiar with the Long Island. And you saying that people didn't want to sell your parents a house because they didn't want black people to move in. And, and that was when you was a child. Now to see what's going on in Long Island, it seems like things definitely hasn't changed. Are you still surprised to see that now, in this day and age in Long Island? When I was growing up in Long Island, people used to protest. So families used to protest black families moving in. When I was in middle school and high school, those people grew up and they still live in Long Island. It's not like they all left. You know, nothing surprises me. And it didn't come from nowhere. There's a long history in Long Island of people deciding they didn't want black people to move in. A lot of Long Islanders, you know, when I lived there and growing up, would say they left the city intentionally because they didn't want to be around those people. But there was mm. intention there. It wasn't a, um, you know, we want a diverse neighborhood just with a yard. So, no, it doesn't surprise me at all. And, you know, I think that, Long Island, I mean, if you look at the law, has such an incredibly deep and racist history. It's interesting, though. You know, people point to Levittown, like the first development in Long Island, and they don't understand that, you know, people very intentionally didn't allow black people to buy into Levittown. So when you look at the success of Levittown, uh, three-bedroom, sort of in a development, it's a classic Long Island development, right? Uh, and you keep people out, and those property values increase. All the people there really struggle with, many of the people there struggle with talking about white privilege because they don't understand what it's like that they got to live in a community where they could build wealth. But they become very blind when you say, right, but if black people can't buy into that, right, if their property values are less or almost non-existent or going the opposite direction, do you understand how you had privilege when other people did not, just based on the color of your skin? Because I think that white privilege conversations are... Right is a complex one. People often say to me, I don't feel privileged. I, you know, you have more money than me or you, you know, and I, it's, it's really hard for people to understand what they had access to just because white people were allowed to do this and black people were not allowed. And what they avoid, they avoid the discrimination that comes with presenting as a black person, you know, you know, the, the driving while black, the being profiled in mm -hmm. stores, that doesn't happen. Yeah, and I think because where I grew up in Fisttown, where the latest videos of the guy talking about the uh, the N-word lover, I was like, oh, yeah, that actually looked at the building. That, I'm like, that's your whole thing. I know that building. <laughs> 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 um, 
yeah, I think what happens is there's no critical mass, right? So there's never conversations about race because there's one black family, two black families. You never have those issues around policing. And I think this, this is why there's this big disconnect because in white communities, yeah, police are there to help you. And they're not going to arrest your kid who's smoking pot. I know, because when I was a kid, I was pulled over in a car with a bunch of my friends, and people were smoking pot in the car, and the police were like, come on, guys, don't be idiots. <laughs> but I tell you, if that were a, a car full of black teens, they would all have mm-hmm. literally been hauled off, because we've seen that a million times. So mm-hmm. I, I think, you know, they just don't often understand the issues around policing because they don't live it. Right. Now, I know earlier we talked about the Trump show. I do want to talk about the Soledad show for a second because I'm hearing that you have a show that you've been pitching and Lee Daniels might perhaps be doing a show about you. So what's going on with that? I love Lee Daniels and I hope Lee Daniels does my show, but I'm not sure Lee Daniels is going to do my show. But I do have a scripted idea about Mm -hmm. anchor women. And really it's about how black people in corporate America feel stuck sometimes. And because I was an anchor woman in corporate America, I might have some insights. Um, yeah. but, but imagine if you could clear people out of your way, maybe through nefarious means, to get to the top. What would that look like? Uh, that's what the scripted show we're pitching is about. Uh, and then we're in the middle of a podcast right now that looks at a murder of a white woman uh, in Georgetown in 1964. Did you know Georgetown used to be a majority black community in the mm-hmm. 1960s? Mm-mm. No, I didn't know that. Not like yeah, that now. I didn't either. <laughs> Did not know that. Mm-mm. So it's a story of a woman who, um, in the 1960s, a woman who's actually having an affair with JFK, who was married mm-hmm. and divorced to a CIA uh, a guy in the CIA. Uh, she gets killed Mary on Meyer. the towpath. Mary Meyer, Mary Pinchot Meyer, gets killed on the towpath, and they, within 45 minutes, arrest a black guy for her murder. He is represented by, by a black civil rights lawyer, uh, w. Roundtree, who then has to figure out how to how to argue his case against a prosecution team, that is it's such a great story because they're they're very brilliant, but they're also very arrogant, and you know it's the arrogance mm-hmm. that will take them down. At one point, I'll give you a great little hint. Um, w's trying to decide: does she put her guy, the suspect, uh, on the stand or not? And the woman who's the elevator operator fills her in on the prosecution strategy because you know the prosecution team gets in the elevator and they don't think this black woman who's running the the elevator they don't even think she's smart enough to understand what they're talking about so they go through their entire case which she turns around and tells the, the defense attorney who then is able to make a brilliant decision but also mary pinchot meyer doing drugs in the white house with the president jfk and having an affair with him. So it's the craziest It's the craziest podcast with so many twists and turns. Yeah, I had a wow. lot of conspiracy theories. They said the CIA might have had her killed. and all, well, It's like, so interesting. Yeah, because the conspiracy theories, there's a million. But what's not a conspiracy theory is that the CIA came and right after her death, Mary's death, took her diary. It's never been mm. seen since. Like, that's just a wow. fact. So mm. it's just weird like why that what did she have in her diary and was that in fact a reason to kill her now there are many people who say listen these conspiracy theories are insane we kind of run through them and talk about how some of them are completely crazy and why but also the facts are so odd too so it's a great story about women about civil rights and kind of how w roundtree got to be in the position to represent this young black man who's nabbed for the murder and then also all the, 
the conspiracy theories around why Mary uh, Pinchot Meyer was killed in the first place. They might as well release that diary now. Well, nowadays, that diary would have been turned into a 10-part series for Netflix. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so Absolutely. It, and then they'd be pinching it. <laughs> exactly. Do you, think, do you think this story is better told as a podcast rather than a visual? I do, because... Uh, I actually, I think it would make a great movie, and I've had some actors reach out to me already about doing it as a film. Um, couldn't do it as a documentary. There's just not enough supporting video and pictures. Uh, but I, what I like about the podcast is that every hour you can follow a thread kind of down the rabbit hole, and, and that's pretty interesting. Well, Soledad, we appreciate you for checking in, and thank you so much. And be safe out there, and make sure them kids remain safe. Thanks, you guys. I appreciate it. I never let folks stress right. me out. I am more stressed by the American people who support him. I'll tell you that. That's All right. There you, there you go. Well, thank you hey, so guys. much. It's Soledad Brian. O'Brien is The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. This is The Rumor Report with Angela Yee. Rumor has it. On The Breakfast Club. So listen up. No, 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 no. Yes, congratulations. Tiana Taylor has confirmed that she is expecting a second little baby. Mm -hmm. Now, she made hey. that announcement that she's pregnant with her second child, and she also put out a music video, Wake Up Love, and at the end, you can see their daughter as uh, Tiana Taylor and Iman Shampadar are in bed together, lifts up her shirt to reveal that her belly, you know, she's pregnant. So listen to the song. Wake up, love. Tiana Taylor is so damn talented, man. Drop on the clues box for Tiana Taylor. Like, yes, she I mean, is, she, she, can sing, she can sing her ass off. She can dance. She makes great visuals. Like, Tiana Taylor is a superstar. I don't give a damn. I do give a damn if her record label ever puts money behind her, but she, no, she's a, she got a record right now that for the graduates, uh, whatever it is, I, yes. I can't remember the name of the song. I love that song. And then on top of all that, her daughter, her daughter, her daughter is so cute, Junie. You can see she's an amazing Junie. mother. Her mom's a great mom too, so all of that plays a part. And, and who dropped the ball on the graduation record? Because I feel I like that should have been on all those virtual graduation yes. specials. Remember when LeBron did his special and Michelle yes. Obama? Like, why wasn't that? A, why wasn't that the song for those specials? It's a feel-good record. Taylor, Every time I play it, I'm like, congratulations to the graduates, congratulations to all the new... Like, it's, it just <laughs> yes, feels good. You made it, it. You made it. You made it. I like it. Yeah, I don't know who's <laughs> All right, well... Tiana Taylor told people Iman is super excited. Junie is ecstatic. I'm talking super ecstatic. Everybody's just excited. I can't wait. I've got three more months left until we meet our little princess. So congratulations. And people did kind of know because she went on live and Junie yeah. broke the news and she just tried to ignore it like it didn't happen. But yes. So you wait till people are good to announce it, though. Then you give your congratulations. All right, mm -hmm. Essence Fest has announced dates for their virtual two-weekend festival. As you know, Essence Fest is not going to happen in person. And so now they're going to have two back-to-back -back weekends, Thursdays through Sundays. That's June 25th to 28th and July 2nd to the 5th. So that is going to be virtually done. Uh, Lonnie Love is still hosting, and they're going to have a wellness house 
on Thursdays, June 25th and July 2nd. And mm-hmm. that's going to be for meditation, conversations, working out, tutorials to boost your mental, physical, spiritual, emotional, and financial well-being. They'll have Essence After Dark. That's going to be some of your favorite artists performing at the kickback. And then they'll have some evening concerts as well with music by D-Nice, hosted by Lonnie Love. And then Sundays, they'll have the Get Lifted Gospel Sunday Celebration. And shout to D-Nice, too. Am I wrong mm-hmm. for hoping some of this stuff isn't successful? And the only reason I say that is because yeah. I don't want anybody to get used to these virtual gatherings. Like, the Essence Fest should be live. VET Awards should be live. Right. Like, a lot of this stuff I want to be there for. I want to experience in the flesh. I, some of this stuff I'm rooting for the virtual aspect of it not to be as successful as the live events. Am I wrong? I think people just, are just trying to just make do now, right yeah. now. And it's the same thing. Like, look, with VET Awards, people are always going to go to it, and it's also going to air. So it's the same thing yes, kind but, of as stuff airing. But, but we know how these corporations work. We see it all the time. If it has ratings that are through the roof and they can make the same money and get get the same ratings and revenue, they're going to trim a lot of fat. <laughs> and they'll try to do this even when things get back to normal. We know this. Nah, people need to be out. No, people need to be happening. out and about. I was saying shout to D-Nice. D-Nice turns 50 this Friday. So shout to D-Nice. And, you know, if, if you, you've been riding with the Breakfast Club, you know that we've never had a guest DJ, but this Friday, D-Nice is going to be taking over the People's oh, Choice yeah. Mix this Friday. D-Nice. So D-Nice DJ's my birthday party every year, so a shout-out to him. I hope he's going to still do that in the future. Now, <laughs> listen, time out. Speaking, speaking of allowing people to do something and not getting your job back, you going to let D-Nice do your People's Choice Mix? <laughs> you, hate, you hate it on Angela Yee one time. All well, right, what well, she did the Yee Mix. Yee Mix. D-Nice is doing Friday, and we throw it back on a Friday. So he's doing the throwback mix on Friday. So shout to D-Nice on his 50th birthday. Yes, D-Nice will be DJing this D-Nice Friday. D-Nice is going to crush it. Choice What's going to happen? <laughs> um, let's move on. All right, let's move myself. on. Nickelodeon has announced that SpongeBob <laughs> is a member of the LGBTQ plus community. So, so it looks like. That's what people were thinking, right? Because they posted celebrating Pride with the LGBTQ plus community and their allies this month and every month. And then they posted SpongeBob and then pretty soon SpongeBob gay is trending. But I don't know if that's necessarily true because as you know, uh, the creator of SpongeBob says that he's asexual. He said it doesn't have anything to do with what we're trying to do. We've never intended them to be gay. I consider them to be almost asexual SpongeBob and his best friend, Patrick Starfish. He's a goddamn SpongeBob. <laughs> why the hell does he have to be anything? <laughs> why does he what does why does he have to be sexual at all? He's a goddamn square SpongeBob square pants. Why do I care what his sexuality is? What does that do for his character? What does that do for the kids watching him? For me watching him? Who cares what SpongeBob is? Seriously, am I tripping? <laughs> I don't, I don't know, know. It's man. Just, everybody, everybody's so fake woke. Like, y'all woke people I need just, to go get some sleep because y'all so goddamn tired. You don't think well when you're tired. Like, who cares what Bob's sexuality is? All right, and here's something you might care about. Alicia Keys and John Legend, they are doing a versus battle on Juneteenth. As you know, this is something that has kind of been in the works. John Legend has already hinted that it was going to happen. So... Let's celebrate Juneteenth with a special edition of Versus. That's going to be exciting. They're going to be on the piano also. That's going to be dope. That's going to be dope. Mm-hmm. That's going to be dope. That's going to be really dope. Those are two talented, talented individuals mm-hmm. musically. That's gonna I'm be excited a, about good, that one. Good, and it's very black. That's a very good black Versus. Perfect uh, perfect for Juneteenth. Juneteenth. It's a good event. <laughs> I'm here for that. Who wins? <sighs> Alicia That's Keys. That's a tough one. That's a good yeah, one, though. It's a good battle. 
Alicia Keys. It's a good one. I, I, I like John Legend, yeah. but I'm going A Keys. Alicia Keys, 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 Keys should. A Keys should actually watch John Legend to be honest with you. What? And I that like John Legend. John Legend is dope. Alicia Keys. No, is a I don't beast, know man. about Wash. I, I think know. that's gonna be a good one. Name, and name, I think right, a lot of times this. we yeah. get surprised. Name, name, mm-hmm. name six John Legend joints. Um, ordinary people. All right. And then the one, the one that everybody plays when it's their wedding. <laughs> the one that everybody plays. The one everybody and then, plays <laughs> you know what? You know which one I'm talking about. It's like a the, all of me. <laughs> the one that all of me. Plays. Okay, good. Uh, That's my joint uh, right see, there. And I had a, there's a lot of no. songs I like that weren't singles. Also, by the way, like she don't Alicia have to know. The, yeah, at least she got no the one um, falling. Try sleeping with a broken joints. heart. No yes. one falling. My boo. Uh, you don't know my name. Lisa got yep. joints, man. She I got don't know joints. If I ain't man. got you. What's the joint when she did with the ghetto story? That's what the I was going to say. Story. I hope she does ghetto story. She that was got my joints. joint right there. Mm-hmm. If I was your woman, yeah, unbreakable. Unbreakable. Yeah, yeah Lisa. Yeah, Lisa was this one. John Legend. Gonna, yeah, John Legend gonna get washed. <laughs> <laughs> he said ordinary people in that other one. Everybody No, plays. I didn't. I, still, I don't be knowing the names of songs ever, but I do like... And John Legend's first album, also, by the way, that he ever put out was one Dope. of my favorite albums. Classic. That was an album was you could listen classic. to Absolutely. from top to bottom classic. and not even skip a song. So I would say that, too. And um, but guess what? Yeah, Get Lifted was a great album. Great mm-hmm. album, classic. But guess what? Doesn't mean anything. Yet another Alicia Keys single. So it doesn't mean anything that she has a classic <laughs> album. Alicia got the joints. Okay. She does. All right. Y'all gonna stop doing that. Anyway, I'm Angela Yee, and that is your rumor report. All right. Thank you, Miss Yee. Now, shout to Revolt. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Everybody else, the People's Choice Mix is up next. Get your request in. Uh, today is Ice Cube's birthday, so we're gonna start the mix, mix off with some Ice Cube yeah, this yeah. morning. All right. It's the Breakfast <laughs> Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. Now, uh, shout to Solar Dad O'Brien for joining us this morning. The legend. Yes, enjoy her. Solar Dad mm-hmm. O'Brien. Absolutely. And listen, man, I want to salute everybody that listens to us on Hot 103.9 in Columbia, South Carolina. Um, this Friday and Saturday, uh, I am doing free COVID-19 drive-through testing uh, along mm-hmm. with DHEC and Prisma Health. It'll be at Benedict College's Charles W. Johnson Stadium. Okay, so we'll be doing free COVID-19 drive-through testing all day long uh, at Benedict College's Charles W. Johnson Stadium this Friday and Saturday in Columbia, South Carolina. So if you're going to be out and about, you might as well go get tested for coronavirus. I think so. Absolutely. This Friday is Absolutely. Yep. All right. Well, we'll give you the positive note when we come back. So don't move. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. We got to send a, a happy birthday shout out to our bro, G Spin. Today is G Spin's birthday. So happy birthday. G Spin. Birthday, G Spin. That's my guy. Happy born day, Jeffrey. You are appreciated, man. That's you are, man. There would, would be no Breakfast Club without, uh, without G Spin. G Spin. Absolutely. How you be knowing everybody's Every birthday? Get, I look it up. That's what I do to make sure when I do the mixes and stuff. Yeah, that's, that's all. That's people. We've been knowing yeah. them long enough. Boy. I didn't Man, know. Did you know it was now. his birthday? I'm disappointed. I knew in myself. it was. Yeah, I, I knew it was. I knew it was. Yeah, I didn't know it was his birthday. I knew it was around this time. Today's the 15th, right? Yes. Yeah, so it's the 15th. Yep, yep. Cause I and the reason I know is because Duvall's birthday is the 12th, 
G-Spin is the 15th, and Debbie, Debbie, Debbie Brown is the 18th. Yes. Yeah, a lot of June babies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, you got a positive note? Yes, the positive note is simply this. Uh, whether it's clear to you or not, God is in control. Submit to that, and you'll soon see that all is unfolding as it should. Breakfast club, bitches! Are y'all finished or y'all done?